Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am still in New York City. I'm just coming off an incredible New York Fashion Week. You can probably actually hear it in my voice. I feel like I'm like 10 pitches lower. Tired from a really busy week. Definitely a lot of like cheering at shows, maybe one too many drinks, but I had the best time. I'm always so grateful anytime I get to be back at New York Fashion Week. I think I said this on last week's episode that it really feels like summer camp. You come back, see all of your friends. I have so many international friends in the fashion industry that I don't get to see often. And also, this is such a transient industry where people, I think, are always traveling, whether they're going for different campaigns around the world, different shows, different cruise shows, whatever it is. I feel like it's rare that we get to have everyone in the same place. So it's always so fun when I walk into a show and see, you know, all my friends sitting there from all around the world. We all get to hug and catch up really quickly before the show starts. Maybe we walk together after the show and I hear about some things going on in their life. It's a really fulfilling week in that way. Anytime I would ask someone like what the best part of their week was, they would say all of the hugs. And I totally, as cheesy as that sounds, like it's totally true. There is such a wonderful sense of camaraderie in this week and friendship. And it isn't just all about the fashion. It's really getting to connect with the people who you have a shared love and interest with. And that's our jobs. So really fun. So amazing to see everybody again. And of course, be here for all the fashion. I went to a couple of shows, a couple of parties. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I recapped a lot of it. I'm at Liv Perez with two Vs. I kicked off the week with the Chanel Diner and a beautiful Dior event at the Brooklyn Botanical Garden, which if you are in New York and you have not been, you have to head over there. It was stunning. I cannot believe I haven't spent more time there. The Chanel Diner was so cool. The diner was actually built to celebrate their new Chance fragrance, which we got to try all of them. They were scattered all around the diner. And it was a really fun night. It was my first night in New York. So, of course, getting to see everyone for the first time was a blast. But also, it was just incredibly photogenic and so cute. They had milkshakes being passed around, burgers and fries. There was a photo booth. There were these really cute little like old school, what you'd see in a diner, like cases where pies were spinning inside of them. It was really fun. If you were in New York City and you got to go, I'm so happy for you because I would have loved to go back during the daytime truly sit there and not be in an event and just like enjoy the food and my surroundings. They had it open to the public for an entire weekend and they obviously sold out all of the slots. It was free to go, but you could sign up like on Eventbrite to go and check it out. And it was so cool. The Chanel Diner to me was like really, it was super innovative and cool. I love that they took this historic diner and turned it 
all Chanel. I think sometimes you can see luxury brands not wanting to lean in that way and do things that maybe feel a little bit stuffy. But Chanel's never been that way. Like I think back to my favorite shows of theirs, a rocket ship in the Grand Palais, a supermarket where people were taking like the Chanel branded cereal boxes. So they're used to having fun and doing something that really takes you into another world. And this definitely did. Like I felt like I was back in like the 50s, but all Chanelified. It's so interesting. There's so much that goes on now. Like one night can have 40 events and you can work with so many of those brands and you really just have to nail it down and kind of figure out where you want to put your focus. I think as fun of a week as I had and as much as I love being at Fashion Week and I'm so honored to be included, I feel like I'm really craving this like centralized moment for the industry. I feel like there isn't right now a moment where people who are in the industry can come together and kind of connect early on, maybe at the beginning of the week. Or maybe there's a show that feels like everyone's invited and everyone's there. I am just kind of craving and missing this central moment where you can see everybody properly catch up and have that like industry-wide camaraderie of what's going on in the week. What's really crazy is, you know, the CFDA approves who gets put on the calendar, but there's no approval process for anybody else who doesn't show on the New York Fashion Week calendar. For example, you can be a designer and show and invite your own clientele and that totally flies. And even on a more extreme level, Ralph Lauren showed at New York Fashion Week this season and was not on the New York Fashion Week calendar. He chose to stay off of it and do his own event. So there's really this like push and pull of, you know, people wanting this centralized moment, but also people kind of wanting to do their own thing, which I find so interesting. And I'm really hoping that maybe there's a little bit of change towards that in the future, because I would love for this to feel like there's that sense of togetherness. I feel like when I was growing up, I would go to, you know, Bryant Park where all the tents were, where the original New York Fashion Week was, and everybody was in the same place all the time. All the shows were in the same place. And while I don't necessarily want to go back to that because that felt like, that felt kind of convention-y. Like, I feel like everybody had the same backdrop. You couldn't really let a designer do the most with their creativity. And it definitely was limiting. I don't want to go back to that, but I do want some sort of in-between. I feel like we tried to do it with Spring Place. Like Spring Place tried to be kind of the hub for New York Fashion Week. But I think it was just in such a weird location and quite frankly, a weird building to get into and really hectic. And I remember the lines being long and the elevator and the whole thing. And it just didn't work. Again, I think brands want a moment for their own individuality, whether that's Michael Kors showing right underneath the Brooklyn Bridge at Domino Park or Tory Burch up at the American Museum of Natural History. I think brands really want this individualized moment. But again, I'm really missing this kind of cohesive moment for the industry to catch up and see each other and feel like they're unified in going through Fashion Week and what is eventually going to be Fashion Month in all of the other cities. So hoping that I see that maybe in the future. I probably won't if I'm being real. And I'll just have to figure out some way to feel connected to everybody in a different way. Despite my one moment of wanting to connect with people, the week was amazing. So last week on the podcast, I talked about the possibility of way more celebrities than usual being at New York Fashion Week, obviously given the strike and everything going on. Being at Fashion Week would not be considered something that is striked, something that they're not allowed to participate in, especially if they're not there promoting work and they're just there as like a fashion lover, admirer slash supporter of a brand. Really interesting, right after I recorded that episode, my friend Jose Criales Unzueta, who is a writer for Vogue Runway, published a story titled, With Film Releases Pushed to Next Year and Schedules Clear, Will Celebrities Descend on Fashion Week? Currently on Vogue.com if you want to go read it. Super interesting. 
did some really amazing research, interviewed stylists, interviewed publicists. It was a mixed bag of reviews. I think what's really interesting that he pointed out is the fact that, you know, on a usual basis, a celebrity will attend New York Fashion Week because they're kind of on a press tour for something. So if a celebrity is, you know, signed to a studio promoting a movie, the studio will pay for hair, makeup, transportation, accommodation, and maybe even a styling fee. So celebrities don't have to front the bill for anything if they're going to New York Fashion Week, especially if they're going to be talking about a film, a movie, a TV show that they're in. Now with the strike happening, all of that is gone. So what's interesting is, you know, you have to have a celebrity come in who's a genuine fashion lover, someone who loves a designer and wants to support them wholeheartedly. And it's interesting. A lot of the brands probably footed the bill this season for hair, makeup, and probably a car to get to the show. Definitely not styling because that probably is out of the question for a lot of designers. Is New York Fashion Week a substitute for red carpet? I don't think so. I think New York Fashion Week is a way different focus, a way buzzier moment. There's a lot of people. You're not getting this like dedicated walk down the carpet moment where you're highlighting who you're wearing as a designer. And it's probably a way bigger press moment. With this, like you're seeing celebrities come, they're sitting front row. It's a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted, not just about them, also about, you know, all the other people that are there. And of course, the designers and of course, the clothes. So probably not as important as a moment. But still, I did see so many celebrities who I love seeing. I feel like the entire cast of Bottoms ruled New York Fashion Week. Ayo and Rachel Sennett were literally everywhere. It was really cute. I loved seeing them as a duo kind of all over New York. They went to the Parenza Schooler show together and looked obviously so chic. It was fun to see that whole crew of kind of young Hollywood all over Fashion Week. I feel like I saw Caitlin Deaver and Molly Gordon at Michael Kors, obviously Rachel and Ayo at Proenza. It was really fun to see this group of people, obviously, who are incredibly talented all over New York and also kind of establishing like what brands they love and who they're going to continue to partner with through time. It was cool to see kind of like where they were like pairing their alliances. Loved seeing them at Proenza. I think Proenza to me had maybe the most star studded kind of best lineup of a show because they had like the cool young girls, Io, Rachel, Sophia Richie Grange was there. Lori Harvey was there. Pamela Anderson. It was a really cool kind of different mixed bag of people. And I love that because it made for a really fun show. And I also saw this show everywhere. It was all over my feed. People were talking about it. It was obviously a huge hit because of the selection of people that were there. We'll be right back after a quick break. So the time is here. The transition from summer to fall is happening. I can feel that crisp, cool air in the mornings. Cozy sweaters are coming out. And the switch from my comfiest summer sandals to maybe a chunky loafer I've been wanting to wear. And I actually just found a pair I love. And in this episode, I actually told you guys that red has been such a big color. And a red loafer is something I've been really wanting to try. I can totally see the outfit. I want to wear it with like a pair of jeans, a white tee, and then maybe a houndstooth blazer that has like a little smidge of red in it to match the shoes. I feel like this is a look that I'm going to wear on repeat. The pair of shoes that I'm talking about, it's from Bionic. And if you haven't tried Bionic yet, They truly make the best shoes that make me feel so good and take me through an entire day so comfortably. They have the best curated styles to get you ready for the season with rich leathers and suede for your workwear favorites, weather-ready boots for trips to the pumpkin patch, and performance sneakers to keep you moving. What I really love the most, they have an exclusive biomotion technology that sets them apart. They first began by revolutioning medical orthotics, and today they have continued to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day. I know you guys are going to love them, and I have a code. Use my code FRIEND15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. It's a one-time use only, so go use them and get something amazing. Bionic Shoes, they're wearable well-being for your feet. 
for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com. Use my code FRIEND15 at checkout. This episode is sponsored by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay's Authenticity Guarantee, whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly, eBay is making sure the things you love are authenticated by real experts. Because we all know that there's no better feeling like real. Actually, one of my favorite Chanel bags that I wear all the time that so many of you ask me for, this really cute wallet on chain black bag that I literally wear every day is on here and it's so cute. It has a silver chain and there are so many other bags on here too from Versace to Hermes, Chanel, and more. These days to know that for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for the blue check mark. It will say authenticity guarantee. And that means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's going to be authenticated by real experts through a hands-on, detailed inspection. Every stitch, sole, logo, and inch of it. And they're making sure it's the real thing. So listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's really tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, it's easy. Again, just look for that blue check mark and know that you're getting checked by real experts. Whether they're specialized in sneakers, streetwear, watches, jewelry, or handbags, these are real people who really live for this. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Now let's get back to the show. So I'm going to talk through some of my favorite shows. I went to Michael Kors, Altazara, Tori Birch, and Carolina Herrera. All shows that I go to every season. So grateful to be there. So much fun. And also designers that I feel resonate deeply with my style. And I'm literally sitting there screen, like taking photos of every single look being like, yep, can't wait to wear this next season. Can't wait. That to me is so important. It's always a weird feeling when I'm sitting at a show and I feel completely disconnected from what's going down the runway. Those four shows, I sat there being like, this is so on brand for me. And these are things that I can't wait to wear. And that's so important to me. I think of all the shows, Tori Birch was my favorite show. And I feel like I say this every season. You guys are probably like, of course, Tori. I'm just such a Tori girl. And I feel like she is firing on all cylinders right now. Like Tori Birch has probably had many other peaks in her past, but this one feels like the peak of all peaks. First of all, beautiful show at the New Wing in the American Museum of Natural History. Absolutely stunning. It kind of felt like being in a cave. I feel like Tori has really done this incredible job of like continuing to stay relevant on the pulse. People love her. Her designs are so wearable and so cool. So it's honestly such a testament to that, that so many people are there in the room, excited to be there. They look so good and they can't wait to support Tori. Even when Tori came out for her bow at the end, you know, I've sat at so many shows, the crowd really goes wild and really feels kind of this like moment of support for her because I think people really love her and people really see her as kind of the figurehead for American women's wear right now. She is, again, firing on all cylinders, producing some of her best work right now, and it shows. I sat and watched that show the whole time and was like whispering across the room to the PR being like, bridal, please make bridal, like something, whether it's like cute white looks for girls to wear for like the night before or the night after, whatever it is. Tori, I think, is like primed for bridal, primed. Like it is so romantic. It is so elegant with this slight hint of edge that just I think would work for so many brides. Even, you know, who what wear, Sophia Richie Grange was on the cover of Who What Wear, and she was wearing this beautiful white lace corset and matching skirt. And I like DM'd it to Tori. I was like, guys, make bridal, make bridal, because it was just such a beautiful moment. And I think something that 
so many women around the country would want to wear for this really special occasion. And Tori would just nail it. I'm telling you, she'd knock it out of the ballpark. It would be so beautiful. And even if she did, like, and Tori, Tori team, if you're listening to this, just, you know, shoot me a text. I'll send ideas. It, I feel like even if it was like separates, like pieces to wear to your rehearsal dinner or like a beautiful flowy dress to wear for the day after, getting ready, whatever it is, I feel like it would truly be so perfect. There were a few different white dresses that walked down the runway and then a few different beaded moments that I think would just crush it for bridal. So I was laser focused on that. I think what was most astounding to me about this collection was the thought process that went into it that was later revealed on their Instagram. As they were dropping the collection on Monday night on Instagram and showing it to their community, the caption really captivated me. It was something along the lines of, you know, with so much chaos in the world right now, we wanted to create a feeling of lightness and calm through our clothing. And I feel like a lot of designers can say that, but they really did it. There was not a single hard edge in this show. Everything was rounded. Every piece moved with the model's body. There was so much elegance, whether it was beading or a beautiful suit or a beautiful skirt. Everything was rounded to perfection and looked really comfortable. Everything I was seeing down the runway, I was like, wow, that looks comfortable, something I can wear every day. Like, I just loved the ethos that they went into with this collection. And I think also... And the larger scheme of storytelling, this being shown in a venue that was all curved to kind of represent a cave felt really cool and honestly so calming. Like the show was really relaxing to watch. I feel like you can be at a show and be like, you know, have a lot of energy flowing through you and watch, kind of, you know, these models go down the runway to really intense music. This was such a calm, beautiful show. Tori is doing something I can say no other designer is doing in the industry right now. People loved it. The reviews were glowing. I saw it all over my Instagram. Definitely my favorite collection of the season, and I cannot wait to wear it next. Also, in case you missed it, go to Tori Birch's TikTok right now. I took over her TikTok for the show, and I got to interview some amazing people. I interviewed Alex Earl, Monet McMichael, so many other amazing people, and I had a really fun time. So go check it out. Took over Tori TV. It's a great time. It's also on my Instagram now if you don't feel like opening up your TikTok today. So that was really fun. I always feel incredibly satisfied when I get to work with a designer on something for their show, whether it's, again, interviewing people backstage, writing a story about the show, doing kind of like a diary of my experience there. That always feels really special for me, being able to have a small part in the day and share my perspective. So thanks to Tori for having me. I also went to Michael Kors, which was absolutely beautiful. I really appreciate when designers kind of go all out in location. Again, just like Tori, beautiful venue. And it really makes the world of a difference. Like, again, the soft curves of that show felt really calming in this like beautiful new space. And the same thing really resonated for Michael Kors' show, which was in Williamsburg at Domino Park with a sprawling view of New York City, both the Williamsburg Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge, and on the most beautiful day, too. Let me tell you guys, the weather for New York fashion this week was crazy. It's like tsunami one day. There was a rainbow. It was sunny one day. It was 95 degrees one day with like 100% humidity. It was a, the, the weather Olympics this week. I think everybody was really trying to manage and dress appropriately. But in the case of the Coors Day, you know, it was beautifully sunny in the morning, which was perfect for the show. And then rained harder than I've ever seen around five o'clock that day when people were like moving to go to their next show. And then out came the most gorgeous, 
gorgeous, gorgeous rainbow I've ever seen. If you have not seen it, please go on TikTok right now and type in NYC rainbow. It also happened to be on 9-11, which I think was deeply moving for so many people that were here. And the photos and videos of this double rainbow are like magic. Like my mom actually texted me and was like, hey, was there a rainbow yesterday or am I being like tricked by TikTok? Like, is that real? And I ended up sending her pictures of me and like friends under the rainbow. And she was like, wow, I thought it was fake. It just was so vibrant and so beautiful. And actually, if you were in New Jersey or Brooklyn at the time, it looked like it was going from the south of the island, the north of the island. So it kind of looked like it was coming out of the World Trade Center and going all the way back to the city. It was so special and so beautiful. So that was a nice little New York Fashion Week moment. But being at Coors that day was stunning. You know, seeing a collection against the backdrop of New York City. I think for me, designers are most successful when they storytell at a show. If there's no like crux, if there's no hook, it's like, okay, I'm just going to one show, leaving, going to the next. I think in the case of both Tori and Coors, they really made their venues about who they are and what their collections were. Obviously, two of the biggest names in New York City could do that. But, you know, Michael Kors is a really symbolic figure of New York City. He's a huge supporter of Broadway, obviously a huge, huge name in fashion. He's just culturally really a part of the fabric of New York City. So to have this beautiful collection set against that backdrop was absolutely stunning and so beautiful. I wore a dress that was maybe one of my favorite dresses I've ever worn. It was so beautiful. It had this gorgeous cape billowing in the back. And I just felt like a princess, which is, you know, one of the best parts of New York Fashion Week, getting dressed up, wearing things you love, taking risks. It was really fun. We'll be right back after a quick break. I am so excited to be back in LA and back on my schedule, especially because I have Saqqara this week. Honestly, it is the best way that I'm able to invest in my health with Saqqara's plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals. Their flexible nutrition programs are backed by 10 years of science and designed to help you optimize your health nutrient by nutrient and bite by bite. Saqqara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to help you optimize your well-being with the results that you can see and feel, from digestive wellness and ease bloat to enhance metabolic health, energy, and safe weight management. Getting back home and getting into a routine and being on one week of Saqqara, I feel like a different person. I know that I'm getting healthy meals. They're right in my fridge and accessible for me so that I'm not going to the apps and ordering things that I need on the go because I'm so hungry. And then 90% of the time I order something that's just not healthy for me. So knowing that I'm taking care of myself, even among a hectic schedule, has been such a game changer. Also, for those of you who might not know what you want to order, Saqqara has an all-new science-backed quiz that helps you discover which of their plant-rich nutrition meals and wellness products are right for you. In less than five minutes, the easy quiz takes the guesswork out of reaching your wellness goals, from enhanced digestive health and metabolic efficiency to increased mental and physical performance. So now's the time to look and feel the way you've always wanted to. And right now, our listeners are getting 20% off their first order when they go to sakaracom slash friend or enter the code friend at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash friend for 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash friend. Now let's get back to the show. Last show I want to get to, I didn't attend, but we have to talk about Kate because I feel like Kate, similar to Tori, firing on all cylinders right now, really defining what American fashion looks like and really just gets it, like gets what women want to wear right now. And it's not a boring pair of jeans and a t-shirt. It's a pair of jeans with a beautiful gold belt with a billowing white top that kind of blows in the wind with like a suede tote bag and a boot. To me, it's just those little details that make the world of a difference and make me want to wear that piece and pick it over anything else in my closet. 
And I think that that's what Kate does really well. There was a huge focus on tailoring this season, as I mentioned, billowing sleeves, beautiful silhouettes. You know that she loves like an exaggerated shoulder, a really like cinched waist. I think that she just does fashion so well. So I want to go through a few trends with you guys that I saw during New York Fashion Week that I think are really, really cool to add to your wardrobe and you can add them now. I think what's gotten really funny with trends is like the names that people are like the trends that people and publications are coming up with are killing me. It's like the other day I saw one that was like corporate core. And I'm like, what's corporate core? Like a suit? Like just a pantsuit? Like, can we just say that like, you know, I feel like a suit's not a trend. Like a suit is like an essential closet item. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, we've gone so far. We went from like ballet core to corporate core. Who knows? I don't know. So I want to walk you guys through a few trends that I've been seeing this week that I think that you can add to your closet right away. The first I would say is the color of the season. I remember last season I said red was all the rage. We're going to see it all through summer into fall. Definitely true. I feel like within street style, I saw so much red. A lot of people wearing red to events. Honestly, I love it. It's such a beautiful, empowering color. And I love seeing people kind of embody that confidence. So I think we're still going to see red permeate in fashion. Even at the Kate show, there were so many beautiful red pieces that I think we're going to continue to see it moving forward. But I will say there's a new color that I saw consistently at so many shows, and that's purple. Specifically, like a lavender, maybe a little bit more of like a poppy purple. I saw it at Michael Kors. Gorgeous look. Oversized sweater that looked so cozy with like, I think it was a flat. So chic. I loved that. Saw it again at Carolina Herrera. Lavender lace. Beautiful looks. I really saw purple everywhere. I also feel like purple hasn't really had a moment because it's kind of a tough color. It's definitely not something you can like say is neutral. Like I think green is neutral, for example. Like I will wear something that's like khaki and throw on like a bright green shoe and that just feels normal to me, which by the way, also was all over the runway Altazara, this like bright poppy green shoe that just really worked. But purple really does not feel like something that's easy to style. So For you guys who want to try the trend, here's my best use of advice. I have a purple sweater that I absolutely love that feels like my safe boundary with wearing purple. I got it from my Teresa and it's from Vince. And this is, by the way, one of the comfiest sweaters that I own. I wear it all the time. It's so cute. And I actually, when I first got it, I was like, I don't know if I can style this right. But I have just been throwing it on with a pair of jeans, a pretty earring and a flat and feel so good. I love that I feel like I'm playing with color a little bit. It makes me feel really happy. As you guys know, I love color therapy with fashion. I feel like if I'm having a bad day, I just throw on something bright colored and it changes the whole day. But I would start there. I would get a beautiful purple sweater, maybe something again that matches your skin tone. So if you're someone that's a little bit lighter, I would go for like an aubergine, something a bit darker. If you're a little bit more olivey, darker skin toned, you can mix in a lavender. So I would really focus on your skin tone, find the purple that works for you. I would start with like a sweater, especially as we're going into fall. It could be a really fun moment. Just start there, throw it on with a pair of jeans, a loafer, a flat. And I think you can lean into that trend really easily. The next trend I would say that I'm seeing a lot of are these like billowing, beautiful sleeves. And I feel like I saw it in a lot of different ways. Like I feel like I saw it on the runway at Kate in just a beautiful white blouse. But then I also saw it on the runway at Brandon Maxwell where like the sleeves went down and were almost like a cape, like down to the floor and almost like trained out in the back. I feel like we're going to have a moment for sleeves. Like sleeves are going to be the next silhouette that I think everybody is really leaning into. 
obviously if wearing something that's like a cape and down to the floor is not in your comfort zone, I would really find a white button down that has a big sleeve and that's how you can lean into this trend. Speaking of that, that was another thing that I saw nonstop was different iterations of the perfect white button down. I saw it at Michael Kors, saw it at Kate, saw it at Tori Burch, saw it at Proenza. I think this like white button down feels really essential for this kind of era that we're in where brands are really leaning in towards like wearable fashion. And I think this kind of moment of like, what are the thousands of different ways that we can wear the white blouse felt really relevant to what I think a lot of people want today. So I think to lean into both of these trends, both wearability, but also these beautiful sleeves that we're seeing, I would try and find something that feels really romantic, really beautiful and light and airy that you can throw on with a pair of pants and just feel really beautiful in. My last trend is something that I feel like I've been seeing for a little while now. I also saw it last fashion week and feel like it's just like permeating the slouchy bag. I have just seen this everywhere. I feel like it's a natural progression from last season. We were really seeing these like oversized tote bags. The visual that I'm going to try and explain is like an over the shoulder bag that's like suede, really large, like something that is like a good everyday bag, but really, really chic. And I feel like I saw this even more so on the runway now where like models were holding this bag that was like super slouchy and it was just kind of like part of the look. There was also another moment at Altazara that I loved that Gabriella Krefa Johnson styled, but the models were actually walking down the runway with like a bag in their hand and like their a sweater like draped over their elbow. And I was like, oh my God, that is so me. Like this is so me like running out of the house with like my sweater and my bag. But I loved that he leaned into that moment and they leaned into that styling moment because it just felt so relevant to how I get dressed every day. And I really felt seen in that collection. But on kind of the same note, this bag that kind of you hold like at your waist, that's really like slouchy and comfy and fits a bunch of things. While I'm going to sit here and say it's probably not the most functional if you're like living in New York City and running around, I think it could be a great thing to bring into your evening wear so that you can lean into this trend and not be like schlepping around the city with a slouchy bag. Also, again, still really loving those oversized totes, those like shoulder bags that I was talking about from last season. I think those these kind of like big moments for bags are back right now. It's not about the mini bag. Everybody wants a large bag. They can throw all their stuff in and go about their day. Even for Altazara, I was going through some items I wanted to wear for the show. And one of their like staple bags is a large, large, large bag that goes over your shoulder and like hits at the waist. And it's huge. Like I almost wore it, but I'm a little too short to nail it. But I really think these big bags are having a moment. And honestly, all the power to us for it, because I feel like having a big bag is like honestly crucial for my day to day. So I love that. I'll take it anytime. Overall, I think the one thing I was really seeing the most is like just this romantic style of dressing. And again, I think that is really like relevant. The three trends that I just shared, like I feel like I saw so many muted colors along with the purple, but you know, like a muted mustard, a dusty rose, like all these colors that feel so romantic and also put on pieces that feel really flowy and beautiful. So something I think I'm going to focus on in my style in the next few months is how do I bring those colors in? How do I make it more romantic, more flowy, more beautiful? because that feels really what is on trend right now. Also, one last thing, if you are looking for things to wear going into fall, if you missed my Today Show segment last week, it's currently live on my Instagram. I covered five pieces that I think everybody needs in their closet for fall, all really great transitional pieces, a trench coat, a shell top, a pair of knee-high boots, all things that I think are perfect for your closet and are also all under $100. 
So go check that out. And of course, if you guys have any questions or need help with styling them, let me know. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, please shoot us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, leave us five stars and leave a review. I love hearing your guys' feedback. And if you're on Spotify, just click five stars. Hope you guys have an amazing week ahead and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.